Good morning, friends. I'm Alexis, and this is the Starry Sky and Witchy Things podcast, a show to make esoteric knowledge relevant to the challenges of the modern age, especially for women who want to be more empowered in who they authentically are. I'm recording this after reading an email from the lovely Lucy at Ibali Marketing that began by quoting Coco Chanel, saying that simplicity is the essence of elegance. And it felt really timely because I have been sitting with how I can make content that is valuable to you without overwhelming you for dance, which is my style. Fun fact, my signature scent is actually Coco Mademoiselle. Not very dark and witchy, I know, but it has a spell on it so that when I spray I can channel the energy of those old ads with Kira Knightley. And that's been the case since I was a teen, that's why I bought it in the first place. Uh, let me know if you have a signature scent and what's the story behind it, if you like. But for now, let's move on to the order of the day. If you're new here, nice to meet you. You chose a good episode to start with because the topic today is the astrological forecast for the year ahead. And then we'll dive in a little deeper into the transit for the two weeks ahead. Technically, as this is out Thursday 28th, it's not on the full moon, which is when I usually release these. That is one on the new moon and one on the full moon. But it's a special one, so it's coming out on the day of the release of the normal episodes, which is Jupiter's Day. My intention for the podcast is to be something expansive for you. In fact, the podcast is a such sum. And it can be a bit philosophical and higher learning at times, because I'm someone who, while now a full-time creative, was in academia for like six years. I said more about me in the intro to the podcast, if you haven't heard it yet. Uh, I finally made a trailer. Anyway, in last week's episode, I talked about 2024 from the numerology standpoint, and today we are looking at the major themes of the year from an astrological point of view. The two main transits giving the flavour to the year according to more or less everyone are Pluto returning to Aquarius after the resurrection in Capricorn and the eclipses on the Aries-Libra axis. I will also consider that the next Mercury retrograde cycle will be in the fire signs and Jupiter will be in Gemini. As for other retrogrades, we have more of the same with the generational planets and Saturn is going to hit a few of the returns multiple times like it was the case for me still being in the signs that they were in 2023. And Uranus and Neptune are also going retrograde in these signs that they're already in, which is Taurus and Pisces. And the same for Chiron, it's going to go retrograde again in Aries. And the last planet to go retrograde will be Mars, spending 79 days spanning from Leo back to Cancer. So I won't talk about the retrogrades in this episode, because you'll likely forget unless you hear it 40 times by the time you'll see an Instagram post from an astrologer or other that is like, and Planet X is now retrograde. But what I want to highlight is that a lot of action is taking place in fire signs, with Jupiter in Gemini set styling those signs from the 25th of May when it ingresses in, in the sign, leaving Taurus behind. So that's relevant to me, and I haven't heard many people discuss it. And I don't mean to be bitchy, but the emphasis on Pluto is a low-hanging fruit when the planet is literally on fire with active war zones and one of the traditionally major countries of the world is going through their Pluto return. But if you do a 2024 forecast, a planet is going to stay in a sign for 20 years, 
while important, is not the main focus, especially since it's going to dip back to the anaerobic degree of the previous sign. So clearly, on a collective level, we may still have some lesson to wrap up. Anyway, so boats over, and do things to shift our planet about transformation into Aquarius is significant, because it ushers a new way of thinking about the collective, as well as affecting us on an individual level, because society is just a creation of individuals choosing to help each other to survive. Not to sound like Rousseau, but if you look at the history of how we went from small tribes to metropolis, it's hard to argue against the idea that we simply realized our life could be improved if we stood together and then somehow we lost sight of that being the goal. And this is not the time for me having a go at Calvinism. So, as you look at your 2024, one question to ask is, what have I learned from Capricorn and what can I do differently in that steer? And then when you have an idea in mind for what you can shift, then the personal planets and the nodes will fill in the gaps, with the two transpersonal planets being kind of the bridge. So Sarah Faith Godestiner wrote in the recent Moon Studio newsletter that a theme of 2024 is glow-ups, and an emphasis on the art and on courage. And the glow-ups struck me because I thought it was just me. And I have a lot of returns and things going on in my natal chart. So, to an extent, every coach out there is selling glow-ups these days. That keeps seeing prescriptions for how to be that girl doing the rounds on social media. But I didn't think of the cosmic weather as being very glow-uppy, since we have no significant Venus transit like we had in with the retrograde in Leo. And some people having glow-ups. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to go there. Anyway, of course, we have the eclipses on the axis of self. And Jupiter trying some of those. Now, something that to me is missing from the conversation, bearing in mind that it could just be a bias in the people in my circles, is that we're missing the individualism part of the axis. So the North knows in, in Aries, but a lot of the conversation is either framed on the collective because of the Pluto transit and the fact that most decent people want to see world peace in their lifetime, it's still smelling a bit of here I am giving you what worked for me as a universal solution. Look, if you resonate with a person and their suggestions of what to do to improve your life and that's generally what you want to do and they're saying this is the kind of person you can be in 2024 if you do that and it serves as a validation of what you already knew for yourself and then it makes you feel less alone if everyone around you is not like that and you were kind of like, am I the only person who wants to do these things? Then that's great. But if you see those messages and it feels like pressure to do something you don't want because it looks like the recipe for success and it makes you feel bad about where you are and who you are in the now, then for the love of the goddess, screw that. And I'm not saying that where you are now is the best thing for you. If you're feeling the energy that glow up, by all means, your desire to change is real and you should make changes but what do those changes look like for you well if it isn't bullet coffee and the diet of green juices with a daily hot girl walk and you look nothing like the shiny corporate ceo that they say your identity should be in order to up level because you're working from your bed at 10 p.m like me and ashley brianna eve that's valid 
and I'm going to talk about such concept again later on. But spoiler alert, CEO energy is just the energy of someone who holds the shots, takes advice from a place of needing someone to look past their blind spots rather than holding their hands and validating all their decisions, and takes fucking responsibility for the things they can control in order to maximize the chances of outcomes in their favor. It doesn't have anything to do with what clothes you wear to sit down and work on whether you even work at a desk. Then I have to wake up early to exercise or do anything to embody it unless that's something that speaks to your mind that it's go time. And if that's what you currently do feeling like a limitation, then that's when you want to have a look at it. And if you want to do it in the next few days, it'll likely be <laughs> having a thread so bot, but this is to me the theme of the whole year, so you don't have to do it now. Rome wasn't built in a day, so and so isn't your sustainable new identity, whatever identity that is. You are allowed to take your time. The moon cycles over 28 days, and that's the fastest transit in astrology. That means themes coming back over and over, while the longer themes of the other planets take a while to settle. And the normal axis is 18 months each, so we have the full year to learn the lesson of becoming who we are and not doing things out of a sense of obligation. Mercury in the fire signs has to be stimulated and inspired, so this makes it a perfect year to experiment with different things and hold on to things lightly. Of course, the Sun, Mercury and Venus cycle through all of the elements, but most of the action this year is away from like Earth signs, unlike in 2023. It's like we've built the runway so we could fly in 2024. And then we can take stock in 2025 when the new nodal cycle shifts us to an Earth-South node in Virgo, um, in Virgo, and then Pisces for the North node, which is water. So these are the energies. And you can narrow down the scope of what you want to focus on by knowing what in your birth chart is activated by the transit. So, now for the next few weeks, we have Mars entering Capricorn, Mercury retrograde back in Sag, Venus entering Sag, Pluto generated the of Capricorn, and of course we are in Capricorn season, so there's a bit of an action in the sign. Moon will be mostly cycling through the second half of the wheel, so themes to do with our outward focus on society rather than our inner world and identity. And dates to remember, Jupiter is stationed direct at 2.40am on the 31st and Mercury was stationed direct on the 2nd at 3.07am. So, Mars in Capricorn and Venus in Sag are the key transit for me for this period. Venus will be on the 20 um, ingressing on the 29th at 8.24pm. That's a very feisty energy that I know well since it's my natal placement. So be careful at New Year's parties. You may find someone falling in love with you and out of love in the span of five hours. And then Mars in Capricorn is the Mars iteration that is the closest to Capricorn Sun energy in that it's very Saturn coded compared to how Mars is in other signs. It's ambitious, calculating, slightly slower paced because it has a long-term vision that it has when in domicile. So if you know your Hakuaki lore, Kazama to me is more Mars in Capricorn energy than Aries, even though canonically it is an Aries sun. 
And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, the game is probably on sale on Steam. And I wonder if they have an affiliate program, because I talk about Aquaki so much, I probably should be paid for the promotions. Anyway, if you are a business owner or are building a personal brand, on my blog you will find a more specific roundup of the generate transit through the lens of business, which I link to in the description. So do check it out if that is relevant to you. Then, final, last big thing to remember, the new moon itself is very Saturn dominant, with Saturn at 4 degrees of Pisces aspecting three planets, and the stellium is going on in this domicile. So, it's a great time to work with all of the things that you need discipline and boundaries and long-term vision for, and then dedication to make them last. Away from the new year, new me buzz of the collective frenzy to set goals at the end of December. And if you haven't set any goals and you were waiting for the retrograde to end, it might be a good time to start. If, if you're okay doing it in shadow, if you really take the retrograde very seriously, maybe you want to wait until the human design new year the, and the lunar new years. Um, oh no, that's, this is the lunar year this year. I'm getting so confused. Uh, this is the reality of what happens when you are thinking off the top of your head at actually 10 p.m. Like I did say earlier in was this episode um, talking about the CEO energy but yeah so we the lunar new year is gonna start in February so it's not the same date as the human design one unlike last year when it was at the same time so I checked uh, because I'm too lazy and I don't actually want to go back and edit my mistake out so I'm just correcting myself on the go so going back with this new moon still plenty of time to set yourself up for the year there's no rush and a lot of good things take time and dedication and so you don't have to have your life sorted out because some people in the 16th century decided to use this calendar that starts on January the 1st. And so this is a time to actually plant the seeds for the future, which is very well linked to the theme of the tarot reading for the collective. And it's my own spread for a change. And I did a three card pull with a theme for like a general theme for 2024 and then because it is Capricorn season I'm using a mountain as a, a metaphor so you know I'm actually now in possession of a straw yule goat from Scandinavia so I am like as Capricorning as everything like can't be more Capricorning than this so we have something that we need to let go in order to be able to start climbing and something to bring with us to help our journey up the mountain. And what I got was for the theme Justice Reversed, for what we needed to let go, the Seven of Pentacles, and for what to bring the Emperor. That is an interesting spread because I have two majors questioning a card from a very specific suit that is 
kind of connected to Taurus and one of the transits that's happening at this time is Jupiter returning direct in the sign. So I would actually look at them starting with the Seven of Pentacles because that's the more interesting card. Something we need to let go and we basically ask to stop and wait and maybe let go this very pressure of needing things to happen on a certain timeline. And that is a very Capricorn thing because the, I posted this meme on Instagram and if you haven't seen it, you should go and find it. But you might have seen it from other people about the goats standing on the wall and you're kind of like people waiting for your downfall, but you're a goat. And that's literally the energy that we're taking into 2024. Because justice is based on the idea of balance. And it's often seen as something that we need to achieve on the outside, especially with all of the things that are going on and Pluto going into Aquarius. But the story behind the card, there is a correspondence to a, a biblical story of Solomon who was known for his wisdom. And the two mothers who were fighting over a baby and they were both claiming that the baby was theirs. And because they were claiming that the baby was theirs, he was like, okay, then I'll cut it in two, if you can't agree. And then the real mother was like, oh no, she can have him. Because since it was a real child, she really wanted his life to be spared. And she would rather be the one suffering by giving the child to the other woman who was like, yes, sure, cut it in half. So that... In that story, in like in the biblical context, it's being painted as King Solomon being this just king. I think the real justice there is the mother who was willing to sacrifice her good for the child. And then just as a verse, to me, it's kind of a reminder that what justice for her if she did that. And in that respect, it is Solomon who's like, okay, well, then you're clearly the mother, the baby is yours. But could have been a different way. Did the mother really have to sacrifice herself in order to prove? Or is the idea that Solomon came up with rigged against her to begin with? And are we meant to accept a dual choice. There was a video doing the rounds on social media a little while back about a guy being asked to choose, I believe he was like economic stability or gay rights and I'm not entirely sure and he was like both, they're entirely possible to have both and the interviewer from whatever channel it was, probably a YouTuber or something, I don't know the context, I'm sorry was like, but I'm asking you the question, you need to answer it, like, why do I need to answer? And sometimes I feel that we do take this attitude of having been presented a choice. Because it is presented as a choice on an either or, we don't see a different way around. And so with justice, it's easy sometimes to feel like 
we have to give the justice to everybody else and we don't actually stop and ask what about us so this could be a theme for 2024 to make sure that we look inwards as well and make sure that the justice is extending to everybody including us and then the emperor coming up as the card for what to bring us to help on the journey it's a very sterling card to me even if that's not the correspondence that you have from the golden dawn because they have saturn and capricorn governing the devil and so i can't remember the other correspondence is the one planets and things but i think the emperor is but no taurus is the hierophant i think the emperor was aries i'm sorry i should be checking that but i never really see it because the emperor is always painted as this very grounded and not a king of war like it's always painted as a king of peace despite the fact that in my deck it does have a uniform on but i mean it is not actually a war it's seen on his throne so it's more kind of like look i don't know but it always has this vibe that is very disciplined and that's one of the themes of Capricorn and one of the themes if you want success you have to have discipline. And discipline can be a bit of a bad word for a lot of people. And this is something that despite the fact that I did classics in high school and the five years of degrees and, and everything. So I'm not completely new to Latin and I'm a bit of an etymology nerd. I did not know until um, Natalia Benson mentioned that temperance is actually a word for discipline. And so because we always use nowadays to see discipline as a thing that you do to someone else or that you do to yourself, but in a sense of kind of restraining you from your desires and um, being, what's the word for that? Jumping ahead first and you're disciplining yourself by kind of like restraining, that's the word you're like spontaneity so you're kind of like restraining your spontaneity and not feeling like the flow of oh well i don't feel like doing anything today therefore i don't i'm not gonna leave the bed but like you have to go to work because you have obligation and those you kind of like the discipline is what makes you go and do that so that's the way we tend to look at discipline it's kind of negative i think there is some beauty in in the idea of prioritizing our energy towards the things that actually matter to us and if you're listening to this and you're like yeah but i have a job i hate and i have to only keep it because i need to pay the bills well why are you paying the bills you could end up in different situation if you choose to pay the bills is because you're actually taking care of yourself you are you and your family if you have one are the thing that you care about, that you're prioritizing by choosing to go and have a job, even if you hate the job, you're not prioritizing the job. And that is one of the things that people seem to miss because we have this culture where the job seems to be the important thing. And I'm kind of like, screw that. We are the important thing. And so the emperor seems to be an invitation to use that power for ourselves and remember that we need 
we have to have a legacy mindset. Don't necessarily need to leave a legacy or think about making a lot of money, whatever it is that you want, but don't just look at what feels good in the now. And sometimes it's good and sometimes your intuition will be like, no, actually you need to do what is good in the now because you're about to burn out and you need the rest. And I probably should be not talking too much about this cause because my voice is about to go. But that is the balance of a wise emperor that will know when is the time to act and when is the time not to act. So this is my interpretation for these cards. You will understand them differently. Feel free to disagree. Feel free to contact me and share your opinion. I always welcome this engagement. And until next time, keep living in wonder. Thank you for listening to the Starry Sky and Witchy Things podcast. A huge thank you to Jenna Sword at Jenna S-O-A-R-D on Instagram for the cover art and Papa Planet for the music. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to be notified when a new one comes out, please subscribe on your platform of choice. And if you really love it, leave a five-star rating and review, which will help me be found by more people who'll enjoy it too. Also, feel free to share it on social media and with anyone you think should give it a shot. You can send your questions and comments to my email starryskypodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at starryskypodcast. And you can also subscribe to my monthly newsletter at witchymusings.substack.com where I share reflections and tips about the astrological seasons. Until next time!